0: What a joy it is to be serving as in Savior this morning. Amen? I'm so thankful that we have things to look forward to, that our best days are not behind us, but that they truly are in front of us today. Uh, I'm just going to get into the Word in just a moment. Uh, those that's going to class, feel free to do so that at this time. For those in the sanctuary today, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me. The book of Judges, the book of Judges, chapter number 13, the book of Judges, chapter number 13 this morning, I want to share with you the word of the Lord. I stand before you today with a, with a burden to preach and to deliver to you what I'm going to try to do this morning. I pray that we will have ears to hear, I pray that we will embrace the responsibility that has been allotted to us in this season. I I would love to tell you this morning that nothing is required of us, but that would not be true, uh, but where much is given, much is required. and. If there is going to be change in this nation, if there's going to be change in our community, it's going to begin in houses of worship just like this, where men and women of faith embrace the call and embrace the responsibility that has been given to us. We look around, many of us under the sound of my voice, we don't really know how it happened, but it has happened. There is an older version of us looking back at us in the mirror which means that we have become the elders of the church which means that we are spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers but I have to ask the question this morning who are we fathering and who are we mothering many of the men and women that are standing in the platforms of the American church today that are true shepherds are men that used to be young men and women that used to be young women that was fathered and mothered by the saints of the church. Today we have a generation that is fatherless. They are motherless. But I would say to you this morning that this generation is very unique and we must understand the responsibility that's been given to us as men and women of faith. I do believe today that we have been called to birth a deliverance in this nation. I am going to talk about that for a few moments today. If I would title this message this morning simply be Birthing a Deliverance. And I'm going to try to cover a lot of ground this morning. Just stay with me. And I pray that we will respond accordingly of how the Holy Spirit pricks our hearts this morning. Judges chapter number 13, a familiar story, but let's read it beginning in verse number 1. We find the word of the Lord, and it says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of of the Philistines for forty years, and there was a certain man of Zoar, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine or strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Let's read a little further. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And he told me not to drink. Uh, He said, Now And now drink not wine or strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb to the day of his death. Now Manoah... He entreated the Lord, and he said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us, and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste, and ran, and showed her husband, and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day." And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spake unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? And how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. If you were to read a little further, you would find then that Manoah says, unto the angel of the Lord, he simply says, let us make an offering unto you. And you will find that as they began to offer a burnt offering, we find that the angel of the Lord did wondrously and ascended into heaven. Now, this is a story that is somewhat familiar probably for many of you in this room. But for a few moments today, I want us to understand that, and let me give you just a little backstory, very quickly. Israel had did evil in the sight of the Lord. I wanted to try to draw some parallels this morning. We as the United States of America, please hear me, have done evil in the sight of the Lord. But I'm going to bring it a little closer to home. We the church in America have done evil in the sight of the Lord. I do not say that been judgmental, but I say that been very real with you this morning, that we have sat silent and we have murmured and complained about the results of our inactions, and God is not pleased. But we are in a time where God is calling us to a place of consecration. I know you probably wouldn't shout me down this morning. But notice with me, we have been given great responsibility. When you look at the history of Israel, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. But after 40 years of judgment, the Lord makes an unexpected visit to the wife of Manoah and says, I understand your condition. I understand that you're barren. I understand that you are not fruitful at the moment but there is getting ready to be a change and you are going to bring forth the son you are going to give birth to one that is going to be a deliverer and he is going to begin to deliver israel from this place of bondage that, and, and and hardship that it finds itself in but in order for him to be brought forth in the manner that i desire for him to be brought forth you are going to have to walk into a place of change that you are not currently in. He simply said, this child is going to be a Nazarite from the womb, meaning nothing unclean is going to come to heal him. And therefore, while he is under your care, under your responsibility, while he's in your womb, therefore, you have to become a consecrated vessel because if you're walking in impurity, you cannot give birth to that which is pure. And therefore, he begins to instruct him in a manner and simply says that, uh, tells her this, that you are going to have to accept this which I have given to you. Now, when we begin to look at the story, it seems very basic, but the reality is that we find that when Manoah begins to hear the story that has just that I've just given you, he immediately embraces the word of God. And we find that he begins to. Intrigued the Lord and he says what is it that we need to do in order to make sure that this comes about that this comes to pass? What he was simply saying is I believe there was a whole host of emotions that was going on in that moment of time in his life because I believe that he was probably desiring a child. But at the same time, he was hearing much more than your wife is going to bring forth a child, but he was hearing your wife is getting ready to bring forward uh, a young man that is going to be a deliverer, that's going to take your nation uh, from a place of bondage and judgment into a place of blessing and favor. Uh, What a lot of information to begin to process uh, and to try to filter through. Uh, But we find that Manoah, in this moment, he begins to To realize, listen, we can't mess this thing up, but we got to make sure that if this is what God is saying, we got to make sure we come into alignment with what God is talking about concerning us and this season. Uh, I want to say to you this morning uh, we, the church of Jesus Christ, uh, need to understand uh, that we have to have the mindset that Manoah and his wife did at this time in history uh, because there is something moving. uh, something changing in this season of time. Uh, I stand under the unction of the Holy Ghost this morning to tell you uh, that God is calling His church uh, to a place of consecration uh, because He's about to birth a deliverance for a nation. Now, Notice with me, you say, why now or why us? Uh, I wanna go back and I will say this to you uh, this morning. Uh, much as we see Israel had sinned and the Lord had delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years, uh, we see as the end of that season of judgment came and you will find that oftentimes uh, when judgment was given, uh, it was always in a after and they would go into a place of 40 uh, year judgment cycles and we would find uh, that there was hardships, there was difficulty, things was stripped from them. Uh, I have to tell you this morning uh, that we see that after this initial 40 years uh, that the Lord says now I'm going to begin to bring you out of a place uh, and bring into a place of restoration. Uh, now you say why is that important for us? Uh, we today find ourselves uh, coming out of what I truly believe uh, a time of selective Judgment uh, as a nation. Uh, And you may have a difference of opinion, and that's fine. Uh, But when I begin to look at what has transpired uh, over uh, over the last 50 years in this nation, uh, we have seen lots of things deteriorate. We see lots of difficulty. uh, But one thing today uh, that I believe that is in the nostrils of the Lord uh, that is greater than just about anything else uh, is the fact that when we began to make the decision... To, to devour the most innocent of our of our nation January 1973 you will find that by a decision by the supreme court justices a 7 to 2 decision simply began to say that a woman had the right to abort that which god had created in the womb now don't fall out with me this morning But notice with me. I want to give you a back story very quickly. In this landmark decision of the United States Supreme Court in January of 1973, this decision involved the case of Norman McCorvey, known in her lawsuit simply as Jane Roe. And it was in 1969 that she became pregnant with her third child. She lived in the state of Texas. She no longer wanted that child. As she began to appeal this and take this to court, We find that there was justices that ruled in her favor. But then the state of Texas, uh, they appealed it and they took it to the Supreme Court. And we find that on January 1973, we find that it says uh, this is their terminology and this is their thought process of the judges that was sitting there at that time. Their decision ruling this, that the due process clause of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution provided a right to privacy that protects a pregnant woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. But it also ruled that this right is not absolute and it had to be balanced. And therefore, you find that the terminology began first trimester, second trimester, and third trimester, simply saying and trying to bring a balance and regulation. But since January of 1973, we have slaughtered, please hear me, more than any jihadist ever has, more than any other group ever has, but in the United States of America, while the church sat silent, we have slaughtered more pastors that never got out of the womb. We slaughtered more worship leaders that never got out of the womb. We slaughtered more men and women of God that was potential deliverers. uh, And we sat silent, never did anything. If it wasn't for the Catholic Church, it would have never even been on the radar the way it is today. But please hear me today. We are in a place where God has allowed the United States of America over the last 48 years to be under a time of selective judgment. Uh, Over the last 48 years, we saw a decline. When you look at church attendance, it's declined. Uh, When you looked at family, it's declined. When you look at suicide, it's increased. Uh, when you look at violence, it's increased. Uh, when you look at a hatred, it's increased. When you look at anger, it's increased. Uh, when you look at all of the stuff, uh, everything has went in a negative form for 48 years uh, because of the simple fact uh, that when you begin to destroy what God begins to birth, uh, you cannot walk with blessing. Uh, but after a cycle of judgment, please hear me, uh, we now in the United States of America, in the midst of things burning, uh, In the midst of things and total chaos, uh, in the portals of glory, uh, because of the prophetic calendar that we're on, uh, we find that in this season, in this moment, uh, God says things are changing. uh, And therefore, He's saying this uh, I'm getting ready to bring about uh, a refreshing, uh, a delivering, uh, because He said, I cannot uh, be uh, a God uh, that leaves my people uh, in chaos and under judgment. uh, You say, why? Uh, It's because the Bible's very clear uh, that he is coming back uh, for a glorious church. Uh, His word must be fulfilled. Uh, Ephesians 5, 26 and 27 makes it very clear uh, that we are to walk in an upright manner, uh, which means today uh, that if he's coming back for a glorious church, uh, then there has to be the glory in his church, Uh, meaning this, that there has to be a people uh, that is endued with power, uh, that's walking with authority uh, that's walking with anointing uh, and therefore that cannot happen uh, by a politician uh, that cannot happen by a change of government uh, that can only happen uh, if there's a fresh visitation uh, in the house of God. Uh, Listen uh, when righteous men rule uh, notice there is peace in the land uh, but when evil men rule uh, there is chaos Uh, the same goes to the church Uh, when evil is present, when hirelings are present, everything is scattered. Everything is disarray. But I come to tell somebody this morning that there is a call to consecration. What does that mean? It means to devote, to separate, or to set aside for the worship or service of God. I want to tell you this morning, a person or a thing can be consecrated. 2 Chronicles 20 uh, 31 through 33, Exodus chapter 12, uh, verse number 2. Uh, all throughout Old Testament scripture, consecration deals with uh, the installation of priests and also with offerings. Uh, Leviticus 7 37, I believe it is, uh, as well as chapter 8 uh, and I believe 32, you will find that. Uh, but however, uh, not only in Old Testament but in New Testament scriptures as well, uh, consecration is often translated uh, as sanctified uh, are to be holy. Uh, John 17 and 17 tells us uh, that we are uh, sanctified them through thy truth. Uh, thy word is truth. Uh, notice it also carries the ideal uh, that we are to be able to be made perfect uh, or to be made new in Hebrews seven twenty eight and Hebrews 10 and 20. Uh, but we know that in our society today uh, that the message of holiness uh, sanctification, uh, purification uh, is not popular uh, nor is it willingly received uh, by the modern church of our day. Uh, but however, this morning, uh, the word of God still instructs us uh, to be holy uh, for he is holy. First uh, Peter chapter one, verses 15 and 16. Uh, if we walk in Christ likeness, uh, then it is clear this morning uh, that we are to live in a place uh, of consecration Uh, the truth is uh, our heavenly father uh, has not set up boundaries this morning uh, to deprive us uh, but he has put boundaries uh, to position us uh, for greater things Uh, and you and I today in this hour need to understand uh, that the true church of Jesus Christ uh, has entered into a time uh, and we are seeing now the birthing process of this time of conception uh, meaning this uh, that there is a birthing that is coming forth uh, in this generation uh, the process of conceiving uh, is follow, is the following uh, of a time in which a seed has been planted uh, to conceive uh, means simply to become compregnated with uh, and we are now currently carrying uh, an unborn generation spiritually uh, within the body of Christ uh, but can I tell you uh, this young generation uh, that we're beginning to hear a cry uh, for ministry, uh, beginning to hear a cry and a passion for the things of God, uh, please hear me. Uh, we are about to give birth to them in a spiritual aspect, uh, but in order for them to come out and to fulfill uh, what God is calling them to in this season, uh, there is going to have to be a present day of consecration uh, right now take place. Uh, you say, what does that look like this morning, pastor? Uh, please notice uh, it It is vital that we, the church, come to the knowledge uh, of what we have been entrusted with, uh, a generation uh, that's been ordained by God uh, to be deliverers uh, in their nation. Uh, Listen, uh, this generation is not excited about a pizza party. Uh, They're not excited about another event. Uh, they are excited about becoming world changers. Uh, listen, uh, why does a generation not get excited about church? Uh, it's because we have put it in a level uh, where there's nothing to be excited about. But when you begin to talk about the potential uh, of being uh, somebody that can change the world, uh, there's a generation that begins to burn uh, and they begin to say, I want to be part of something that's moving, uh, something that's developing. Uh, notice uh, Manoah and his wife, they have an encounter uh, that transforms everything in their life. Uh, that they had to make a decision. Uh, am I going to embrace what God is saying uh, or am I just going to ignore uh, and do my own thing? Uh, I want to tell tell you this morning, uh, right now, I'm not trying to take us back to legalism uh, or tradition, uh, but I am trying to bring us back to a place uh, where the power and the anointing of God can reside uh, in our lives. Uh, Listen, uh, it is not okay for men and women that are broken uh, and busted and disgusted to come into our churches uh, and to leave the same way. Uh, It is not okay for us to continue uh, to bury a generation uh, that never taps into the potential that God has ordained for for them to be but this morning I gotta tell you much has been given to you and I don't you look at your children as just children but realize that God has given you them so that you could give them back to him for the service of the kingdom listen I, I, I think you're gonna have to broaden your horizons and realize that yeah as much as we'd like to keep them close and say oh I want you to be right next door it ain't gonna happen mama it's not going to happen, Daddy, but some of this generation, they're going to end up on the other side of the nation. They're going to end up on the other side of the globe, but they're going to be doing the work of the Lord because they have been called and ordained to be a deliverer. Listen, darkness is overwhelming, yes, but it only takes a candle to begin to penetrate it. What I'm saying, it only takes one willing vessel that will walk in purity to began to dispel darkness uh, and God is calling forth a generation to do that this morning. Birthing a deliverance this morning. We find in this story Manoah says let's, let's ask him to return and speak into our lives because we need to understand what we have. In front of us. Not only was a child going to be brought forth. But there was a mandate on his life. And this mandate was weighty. It was heavy. It wasn't something to take lightly. But the Lord had said that they are going to be able to deliver us from this place. From under the hand of the Philistines. I don't know if you understand this morning, but our nation as well as many other nations of the world is under the hand of a demonic stronghold in many areas and realms. And intellect will not bring deliverance. Wisdom of men will not bring deliverance. It is only by and through the Spirit of God And you will find that because of Manoah and his wife becoming willing to embrace the call of God in this season, that she began to abstain from certain things in her life. And because of that, we find that according to the time of life, there was a young man that was brought forth, and he was a Nazarite from his womb. If you read through the rest of this chapter, you will find that it says, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move on him at times. It's because he was in covenant relationship. I know we don't talk about covenant too much anymore. I'm going to tell you something. It's not enough for you to know him. But you've got to get in covenant with him. There's people walking in and out of the church every Sunday morning. They know him. They sing about him. They even shed a tear about him. Their emotions are affected by him, but they're not in covenant with him. Can I be so bold to tell you this morning, you can know him and still go to hell? You have to get to a place where we're in covenant. Manoah and his wife got to a place where they said, Okay, we're going to do this. And notice the moment that they began to submit to it and began to walk this thing out is the moment they began to see the angel of the Lord begin to do wondrously. Why is it there is no signs and wonders in the church in America? Is because the church in America is out of covenant. We've told our secrets to the world. And we've allowed the world to come in and cut our hair and break our covenant. Amen. And some of it was done with good intentions. Please hear me. There's another time in history that the Lord brought forth a deliverer. Exodus chapter 2, King Herod gave a decree that no male children should allow to be born. The midwives was to destroy them. We find that there was a daughter of the tribe of Levi. She had a son. She hid him for a few months until she couldn't hide him any longer. Some of you have tried to hide your children. Stay with me. Comes a time you can't hide them anymore. I won't have a baby in the room. I don't think this morning. Let me come down here, Garrett. Let me give you this young man spiritually brought forth. He's a young man naturally been brought been brought forth been sheltered in the church tried to be protected don't want nothing bad to come to him don't want nothing this or that to come nigh him all these things it's not a bad thing but she realized that she could not keep her baby hid any longer so she went and she prepared an ark anybody remember the story she covered the inside of it with slime and she said, what am I going to do? And she took him. I won't make you lay down, but I'll, this is our ark today. Why not? Let's just improvise. She loved him. She wanted what's best for him. She had him over here protecting him. And then I believe she looked at it and said, I've got to let him go if I'm going to if he has any chance of living because if something comes they're going to get him so I believe that she didn't just take him over here and put him down and leave him but, but I know some of you mamas and been around mamas and, but then she, she probably got him in and out a couple times and said I just don't know if I can do it or not I just don't know Then well if he's going to live I got I to gotta put him in the ark and, no I, I just can't do it but then she Puts him in the ark and takes him down to the riverbank. She simply says, I just don't know. All I know is if I keep him where he is, he's going to get killed. He's going to die. Darkness is going to overtake him. I can't protect him. But if I put him in the ark, just maybe, just maybe something unexpected happens. And I tell you, that ark is a picture of Jesus. So she took and put Moses in that. But she said, I got to do something. Got to do something. But you got to realize it wasn't the first time that Mama had ever conceived. It wasn't the first time that mama ever cradled and gave birth to something and watch it grow and flourish this was different baby moses had a sister she said i don't know what's gonna happen but i gotta i gotta do something so i gotta take sister come here and i'm gonna position her over here along the banks of the river and You only got one assignment. You just got to keep your eyes on him. That won't be a problem for you, will it? (laughs) And you got to see what happens to him. You got to watch over him. And from a distance, which is a picture of the church this morning. Please hear me. She didn't know what was going to happen. But she put him in the yard. From a distance, her other child is watching and says, let me know what happens. You know, the stallry, Pharaoh's daughter comes down to bathe, and as she does, they begin to hear a faint sound, a cry of a generation of deliverers. Hear me. She looked in and saw this child, and by the unction, she was never instructed. Please hear me. Moses' sister was never, we never read where she was instructed by her mother on what to do other than to simply keep watch. But by the unction of the Holy Spirit, this sibling runs to the riverbank stay with me and says to pharaoh's daughter and her maidens would you like for me to get a nurse to take care of this hebrew child and they said oh yeah unknowing she ran to her mother and the mother Began to nurse can I tell you something mommies and daddies please hear me when you begin to put your children in the ark God begins to do supernaturally things and that which you think you're letting go of begins to be brought back and now a mama is getting ready to nurture and grow for a season in the most infant stage that which she had gave birth to now we find that then, so he is up out of the ark, no longer in a place of uncertainty, but now he is positioned back in with his family, okay? But when we find now there's coming a day, though, in the very near future that he's getting ready to be given an assignment. This assignment is to learn the culture, learn the, the way things operate in that kingdom, that was bringing hardship to the people of God. And God all the while was orchestrating something that no man understood or comprehended in the natural. And the baby that she rescued, please hear me, out of the river bank was the one that was going to deliver the children of Israel from the strongholds of Pharaoh. I want to tell you something this morning, right here's a generation that God has entrusted us with, and we're going to have to learn how to let them go into the presence of God. Listen, it is not about church. It's not about going through a Sunday service, but it's about understanding that this generation has a mandate upon its life. You have a generation of young people under the sound of your voice this morning, right now, that God has ordained for them to be a deliverer, but in order for them to be deliverers, they got to walk in covenant. Uh, And the only way they're going to understand covenant is if we birth them forth in covenant. Uh, That means this. uh, They can't walk with power. They can't walk with authority. They can't walk with anointing if we're bringing them up and raising them up in a culture of casualness and carnality and sin. You may be seated this morning. Please hear me this morning. I know it's a little different today, but I want to tell you today that the church has got to understand its responsibility. I would love to walk into this building this morning, sing a few songs with you, shout with you, make you feel good, let you experience some goosebumps, make you go home without your bobby pins in your hair, make all those types of things. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But the reality is while we did that for the last 48 years, uh, we have buried a generation that never experienced the power and the anointing of God. That's why you will see my generation, Moses, in their late 40s and mid-50s, that really simply today say, well, I don't really know if I need church or not. It's because they was raised in a time when they saw a lot of emotionalism, but they never saw the true authentic power of God. Now, I know I'm all over the place this morning, but please hear me. Just like in the day of Manoah, he said, i got to make a decision. I hear what God is saying concerning my wife. But am I going to let that which has been birthed, am I going to let it fulfill what God is calling it to be? Or am I going to settle for letting a nation and a group of people live in a state of bondage? Listen this morning. You and I can continue to go through religious activities. We can continue to fool ourselves and think that, well, one day it's going to change. It will never change, my friend, until we come back to a place of consecration, where we come back to a place of holiness, where we come back to a place of separation. It's not a list of do's and don'ts, but it is about the simple fact that we are to be set apart from the world. Don't complain about having no power, no authority, no ability to pray for the sick and see them recover. Don't talk about people being bound and diseased. Listen, the only reason those things are present in the realm that we have the ability to touch is because we are letting things be named among us that God said should never be among us. That's right? Come on, it's the truth. Notice with me this morning. I want to give you a passage of scripture really quick and then I'm going to be done because you all are bored and you ain't liking this message and I understand and I'm fighting every devil in hell. But that's okay. I'm going to stand and I'm going to be real with you this morning because I do not have to stand before you on the day of judgment. I have to stand before him and I'm going to preach the whole counsel of God and I'm going to tell you this morning uh, that you can think that you're okay in your sin but you're not okay in your sin uh, but while you sit in the house of God you are dying and going to hell your children are not fulfilling their potential, uh, but listen, uh, we got to get back to where we realize uh, that Ephesians chapter 5 tells us very clearly, uh, he says, be ye therefore followers of God as still children, uh, walk in love, uh, but he goes to verse number 3 and says, but listen, uh, he says, but fornication and uncleanliness are covetous, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Uh, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor gesturing, uh, which are not convenient, but rather... Their giving of thanks for this. Know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covenous man who is in idolatry hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Uh, and let no man deceive you with vain words. Uh, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God uh, upon the children of disobedience. Uh, be not ye therefore partakers with them. Uh, for you were sometimes darkness, uh, but now you are light in the Lord. Uh, so walk as children of Light. Amen. I want to say to you this morning. Noah and his wife had an encounter that transformed everything in their life uh, and because they willingly embraced it, uh, they brought forth a son uh, that began to be moved on by the Spirit uh, that began to bring deliverance uh, to the children of Israel. Uh, I gotta tell you, uh, what's keeping a generation uh, from experiencing the moving of the Spirit in the church in America is the fact uh, that we won't come into covenant relationship. Uh, We love the things of the world more than the things of God Uh, and we got to change this morning Uh, this ain't been harsh uh, but this has been real with you today Uh, there's a generation that God wants to move on by the spirit Uh, he wants this generation to begin to birth a deliverance Uh, but you and I got to begin to get the house purified Uh, we got to begin to walk in purity Uh, and we got to be sensitive to what God is calling us to right now question is how will you respond on, right. however we respond is going to dictate the outcome of what we see there's a generation right now please hear me and I'm closing there's a generation right now that's spiritually been in a womb God is allowing spiritual birth to be given to it Question is, is it been birthed in covenant or has it been birthed in disobedience? In the places where it's been birthed in covenant, God portals are getting ready to begin to be saturated by the Holy Spirit of God and revival fire is going to begin to burn. Communities are going to begin to be turned upside down Families are going to begin to be restored. Things that cannot be described is going to begin to take place in those God portals. But for the places that refuse to come back to a place of covenant relationship, I will go on record today and tell you this without hesitation. You will see the steeples come down off their buildings and their doors will be locked and they will be reopened under other demonic strongholds with half moons on them and the enemy will take reign over certain territories across this nation and gross darkness will begin to destroy cities and regions while in other regions there begins to be a moving of the Holy Ghost that begins to bring about a reviving and a restoring. I got to tell you something. This is important. Listen, I'd rather preach something else this morning but I'm going to tell you I'm preaching under the burden of the Holy Spirit this morning. This generation has been birthed to be deliverers. And you do them no service. Hear me, man of God, woman of God. You do no service for this generation when you call yourself a Christian And you wave the banner of Christianity and you live in a vile manner like the world. I just don't know if we understand the urgency of where we're at. I don't think we understand the severity of the hour. I don't stand before you today with all of the answers, but I stand knowing that I know who the answer is. And I know this: that when we make a decision to come into covenant relation with him, and we begin to place a generation in his care. He supernaturally begins to turn things and it begins to be brought back into our realm where we begin to see deliverance instead of bondage. There is a hopelessness across our nation today because a church sits in a place of apathy and comfort. This morning... What are you willing to change in order to birth a deliverance for your nation? The angel of the Lord told Manoah's wife, said, Listen, this can't be part of your life. This can't be part of your life. This can't be part of your life. And I will say that when you examine what he said could not be part of their life, not everything was bad or evil just simply said because of what's getting ready to take place that you don't yet know there has to be a greater level of consecration and therefore I'm calling you to this because I'm getting ready to bring something that hasn't been seen for 40 plus years and we find that when she embraced it that a child came forth already consecrated he begin to walk in that manner. The Spirit begin to move on him. What God is getting ready to do, we have not seen for 50 years. Hear me as they come to the piano this morning. We've experienced good services. We've experienced God do this or that. And we don't make light of that. We celebrate that and we thank God for every time he's moved. But for 50 years, we have not saw what we're getting ready to see. Because just like Israel sinned against God, our nation, 1973, January 1973, we committed an unthinkable sin. yes God forgives God restores but in those early days there was such falsehood and such false information that young women as well as young men are still traumatized to this day by those decisions I've sat with men and women alike that has went down that path and 15 years afterwards and some even 30 years after they are still in bondage by the demonic spirit that's associated with it I've had people weep in my presence bound Certain things have been the domino effect of those decisions. In 1992, there was an opportunity to make that right to correct it. And the justices of that day chose to take it even darker and further instead of reversing it. basically removed all of the balance and then it's even become even more radical in recent days and weeks and months. But I am a firm believer as I stand here and I will not apologize for advocating for life. But I stand before you today. There is a demonic stronghold it's over this nation and i believe because of the prayers of the saints over the last short while that there is a command from the throne room of heaven that's commanding it to it's got to flee you hear me and right now what we're hearing and seeing is the squalling and the ripping because it can't stay where it is I believe that we're getting ready to see some reversals in a lot of things. I believe this wholeheartedly. And I believe that we're going to see life begin to be celebrated again in this nation. But beyond that, God is calling us. And I want you to hear me this morning that God is saying this. I want you to hear, if you don't hear anything else, God has entrusted us with the responsibility to bring forth or to give birth to a deliverance for this nation. God is not done with her. There's 3.2 billion people that have not yet heard the name of Jesus. We are a nation that's going to help bring about the fulfillment of that great commission and That's only going to be happening because this generation is getting ready. Listen, I I've, in the last several weeks I've had young people sit in my office. I've talked with them. They've shared their heart with me. Some say, you know, since you had the flags of those nations up here, Pastor, my heart, my heart is pulled towards this nation. My heart is pulled towards this nation. I want to be here, and I feel God going here. In the days ahead, please hear me, as as a family, as a church, as mommies and daddies, you're going to have to take that child. It may not be an infant. It may be 20 years old. It may be 25 years old. It may be 17 years old maybe 14 years old but you're going to have to make the decision to take that child and lay it in that ark and say God I believe that he's a deliverer I believe she's a deliverer for your people that means this you have to take your hands completely off but know this that there's someone watching guard over him. It's not Moses' sister today, but it is the hovering of the Holy Ghost. And it's getting ready to bring full circle. I said everything I said this morning to say this, that I believe that we're getting ready to come out of some darkness and we're getting ready to see the light of the glory of God you got to make a decision. I've got to make a decision. Who am I going to be? Am I going to be religious? Or am I going to be the church of Jesus Christ, set apart, anointed by the power of the Holy Ghost? Am I going to be the church where His glory dwells and abides? if that's you, if that's me we've got to come to a place of covenant we're going to have to self-examine our lives we're going to have to make room for heal we're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wills in our lives it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing but what is God calling you to what level of consecration is he calling you to What's he telling you that he wants you to remove out of your life? It may not even be something bad. He's just saying, you know what, if you get rid of that, there'd be more room for me. I remember David Wilkerson, a great man of God, a prophet of God, a man that I love dearly. He made this statement in front of several pastors in a meeting. He was preaching at Brother Bree H. Clendenin's conference some years ago. He said it wasn't so much that those old westerns was bad that was on my TV that I loved but he said they just kept me from a place of prayer and he said I had to just take that thing and I had to take it and remove it out of my house he said I'm not telling you to remove it out of your house maybe you can control it but he said for me he said it was a too big of a distraction for my life and he said I made a decision to remove it Maybe there's some things. A little five-year-old boy said in my house yesterday. We was having conversation. I was having conversation about studying for a spelling test. And this is what he said. He said, I was going to write the word that she said. But... Daddy had the TV on and I was distracted. And I said, "Daddy, if you're going to help him learn how to spell the spelling words, you're going to have to turn the TV off. You can't let him be distracted." It was all in laughter and good humor, because it was funny, coming from a five-year-old using such a big word. I was going to write the word, but I was distracted. I was going to pray, I was going to read, this and that. listen, if this is not in your life, and if this isn't part of your life. You will never walk in consecration, no matter how much you desire it, no matter how much you long for it. But you gotta get rid of the distractions. Our distractions is keeping us from experiencing a generation of deliverers begin to move in our presence under the unction of the Spirit of God. While he was yet a child, he began to be moved on by the spirit. You hear me? While they're children, they're gonna begin to be moved on by the spirit. And as they begin to be moved on by the spirit, some of the greatest miracles that's gonna happen in the American church is gonna be from a five, six, seven, eight-year-old boy, girl that began to be moved on by the unction of the Holy Ghost that's been ushered in. In a home that's been consecrated where the presence of God... Listen, I can remember as a child hearing my mama sing. I can remember hearing my mama pray. I can remember hearing coming out of the register vents my father from the basement calling out, Oh God! I was in a place of consecration. Didn't even know it, Sister Honda. But the thing is, it began to do a work in my life that I wasn't even aware of. But as that comes back to the church, man, I feel the Spirit of God. As that comes back to the home of the American Christian, your sons and daughters are about to be raised up in a place of deliverance. Uh, and they're going to walk into the house of the broken, and they're going to be healed. Uh, they're going to walk into the streets of a city, and it's going to be turned upside down. Uh, the anointing of the shadow is coming back to the American streets, uh, just as Peter began to walk. Maybe your little baby is going to walk by and somebody going to be set free miraculously from drug addiction. Uh, listen, uh, maybe a generation going to walk onto the subway train uh, in New York City and all of a sudden uh, somebody going to say, what in the world uh, do you have? Uh, I'm in trouble, but I want what you've got. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a supernatural impartation of the Holy Ghost and fire uh, that's coming back. Uh, get consecrated. Uh, get separated. Uh, become the man of God in the world. Of God uh, that God's calling you to be uh, because God uh, is wanting to release them uh, to touch a world uh, in this season. Don't be their hindrance, be their help. Undergirt them. Listen, I understand this, Brother Larry. I'm transitioning. I'm transitioning to the top of the mountain, but I need her to hold up my hand. But I got, come here, young man, I got to pass this sword, and, and he, this generation going to begin to swing it. But listen, in order them to get to victory, I got to still stay in the presence of God. I can't be distracted. if I'm in consecration he's coming forth and when he swings that sword listen it's anointed it's a deliverance listen there are some giants in our land that think oh they're beating their chest nothing can destroy me but this generation getting ready to take them down but we got to become the church as we stand all over the house this morning Birthing a deliverance. Birthing a deliverance. Maybe this didn't make much sense to you this morning. But right now, are you willing just to step into that place of obedience and say, God, available the angel of the Lord acknowledged the current condition when he showed up at Manoah's house he said lady I understand that you're barren I understand there's not much fruit there's not much going on but I want you to know what's changing I want to say to the church today from your perspective from where you're standing maybe maybe it don't look like it's too fruitful maybe it doesn't look like there's much going on but the Lord says it's changing but it says I need you to I need you to change I need you to self-examine I need you to come in agreement with me For the hour. She said, I'll come in agreement. I want to ask you today, will you come into agreement with what God has for this hour? Will you get rid of the distractions in your life? Will you make your home become that place of habitation for him to dwell? Will you do like the lady that we read of in the days of Elijah, will you go to your house today and will you build a chamber on your wall and will you make a dwelling place? Listen, there's a deliverer. There's the birthing of a deliverance. But we, we've got to be the church. I want you to Come. If this message has touched your heart in any way, shape, or form, I'm not saying you have sin in your life. I'm not saying you know how you live and you stand before the Lord and give an account for your life. But I am going to tell you something. If there's things in your life that you know shouldn't be there, you need, to, you need to repent of those things and say, God, I surrender and I give myself to you and I ask you to just do what needs to be done in my life. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what, I want to be obedient. I want to be able to walk with wisdom and understanding what God's doing in this hour. Maybe you need to just pray and say, God, give me wisdom on how to lead my family. Maybe I need wisdom just how to guide my children in this stage, in this place, in this season. No matter what it may be, I'm going to ask you to come find a place to pray this morning. Let's just spend a little bit of time before we go for fellowship today. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you and God bless you.